Um, this could also have been done better. This is one of the points where I started being, and this is the first point in the thing, so uh, it, it bodes poorly. But this is where I started thinking, can I just like edit this and give it back to them and see if they'll pay me? That's government money right there. But here, my favorite quote, well, it's not my favorite quote, but it's just the one, well, I don't have a favorite quote, but the one that gave me the most joy in trying to figure out what the hell this thing was saying was, uh, morality is based on truth. Literally, that's it. That's my favorite quote. Morality is based on truth. Excuse me, what? W what the hell does that mean? What what the hell does morality is based on truth? And I realized that, you know, you just you, you just pulled a quote out of the beginning of the whole thing. And, you know, you had this long, long speech about it. But I'm about to go, uh, if, you, if you'll allow me, I'm about to go into something just a little bit more angry. I am a big believer in that the government should not regulate morality. I am a big believer in that. I don't believe that anyone can tell you what's moral or what's what's not. I do believe that there is a difference between moral and right and wrong. That, but that, that is a discussion to have another day. Here's the problem with this. This is clearly, clearly trying to say that the Declaration of Independence is that quote-unquote self-evident truth. But as you explained in, your, in the quote that you had, they never explain what the fuck those truths are. Now, I guess they're supposed to just know that, oh, you know, we believe that these truths, the, 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 the sentence, you know, like in, in, in every... We hold you know, these truths yeah. to be self-evident. But I'm thinking of the part that comes before that, where it's like there comes a time in, in, in history where you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. This is where the big problem comes in, because that that those five words, four words, those four words... <laughs> Those four words can be used to justify anything you want. Anything you want. Literally anything. It can be, and I'm going to get to that, to the other thing that pisses me the hell off about this. You can use that logic to justify, ju justify any action. Any action. And, and that blows my mind. How can someone, right, maybe, Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Maybe they didn't know what they were doing here, and maybe I'm just being way too critical. But see, that's the I, I grappled with that too. Is this insidious or are they idiots? It's it's the age-old debate. And it's insidious. I think, I think it's not a good conversation to just be like, oh, these guys must be dumb. So we have to presume that they did it on purpose. Um and we have to presume that this entire thing was written poorly on purpose. And it begins to beg the question, what possible benefits could you derive from writing something so poorly, something so laden with tired metaphors, with, um, with platitudes, with cliches, with, with endless, uh, to use a word you used when we discussed this earlier, numbing repetition of words that just kind of it, it exhausts you. It take you stop paying attention because it just becomes, you know, it, it's like, I don't know. I guess this is what yoga is like. It's just an endless, endless mantra that just soothes the brain in a bad way. <laughs> because you're supposed to be critical of this history. You're supposed to be like engaging with this text, and they're doing everything they possibly can to not do that, to to make you not do that, which. Uh, after a while began to remind me of 
a piece by George Orwell, famous author of 1984, which I'm sure you've all heard of. Yay. Dystopian futures. Yay. Yeah. Before writing that book, he wrote like uh, a nonfiction piece on writing, an essay on writing. I don't know why I called it that. Uh, It's just an essay. Um, He wrote an essay on writing and politics. That's the title. He wrote it in 1947. And in it, he talks about the decayed state of writing in his time period. Um, Accelerate that a couple of decades and you get to where we are. And he raises some very interesting points on the deliberateness of writing poorly, on how writing poorly causes you to not think properly. one of the paragraphs that kind of called out to me is a little long, but I'm, I'm going to read it in full just because if your prophecies are this accurate, I don't think you should be paraphrased. I think it should you should be read out. Um, so what he says is, quote, in our time, it is broadly true that political writing is bad writing. Where it is not true, it will generally be found that the writer is some kind of rebel expressing his private opinions and not a party line. Orthodoxy, of whatever color, seems to demand a lifeless imitative style, which I think we can all agree this was. Uh, The political dialects to be found in pamphlets, leading articles, manifestos, white papers, and the speeches of undersecretaries do, of course, vary from party to party, but they are all alike in that one almost never finds in them a fresh, vivid, vivid, homemade turn of speech. When one watches some tired hack on the platform mechanically repeating the familiar phrases, bestial, atrocities, iron heel, bloodstained tyranny, free people of the world stand shoulder to shoulder, or in the case of this text, um, self-evident truths, universal uh, universal truths, uh, more perfect union, etc. Often, one often has a curious feeling that one is not watching a live human being, but some kind of dummy, a feeling which suddenly becomes stronger at moments when the light catches the speaker's spectacles and he begins to get creative with it but i think the point kind of carries itself at that point this is lifeless this is mechanical um he says later a speaker who uses that kind of phraseology the one we were just talking of has gone some distance towards turning himself into a machine the appropriate noises are coming out of his larynx but his brain is not involved as it would be if he were choosing his words for himself if the speech he is making is one that he is accustomed to make over and over again he may be almost unconscious of what he is saying as one is when one utters the responses in church. And this reduced state of consciousness, if not indispensable, is at any rate favorable to political conformity. And kind of to what you were saying earlier about uh, how this can create a new party line that needs to be towed, I think I think Orwell kind of nails it in this regard. That's what this text is meant to do. It's meant to limit thinking yeah you, when you're reading like i said before you're, you're you're not reading it you're just garbling down the words and they it's not that they stop having meaning but i mean um you start to just believe what it's saying in a way it stops making it doesn't need to make sense it's just it's it, it's just presenting you with these flowery goodness that you just want to gulp down no america's never done anything bad of course it hasn't we've always been the good guy and everyone who's ever been right in American history has been the good guy because they've been on the side of the Constitution. Well, it's very much the, or at least I think it's very much the case where the document is so like in 
self-contained is is one way of phrasing it i'm sure there are better ones um and i think part of what goes into that is the fact that unlike literally any other historical piece um, written or, or piece about history i should say there's no citations there's no of any kind no footnotes and notes nothing and i think that's i think that's very intentional partially because a who wants to do footnotes nobody uh, and they're clearly not being punished for it they're not losing marks like you know we had to um but also because it helps it helps isolate the piece essentially from from the outside it helps like do do precisely what you're saying it helps it create its own canon where it's just like yep if you know you had no other frame of reference like obviously all of this all of this can check out or you know if your brain is numb enough because you've been reading more than five pages this can check out it's uh it's horrible zero on ten yeah. one of the things uh kane if, you, if you'll allow me real quick you use yeah. the word isolate i think the word insulate is is even better it's like you said it's creating its own it's existing in its own space there's nothing to challenge it even yeah. though it was written to challenge challenge the 1619 project yeah, but I think the people reading this are, they're presuming, have not read uh, the 1619 Project. They just know of it from the various talking heads that have explained it to them. That's fair. Uh, as being a piece that only says America is evil and deserves to burn. Uh, that's what they doesn't. understand 1619 to be. Um, and kind of to this, this isolation point, I did actually, I, I have a note that kind of deals with this. Uh, on page five to six, they talk about um, the undergirding philosophy of a republic. It says specifically, in a sense, the precepts of the American founders were known to prior thinkers, but those thinkers stated them in entirely different terms to fit the different political and intellectual circumstances of their times. For instance, ancient philosophers appear to teach that wisdom is a genuine title to rule and that in a decisive respect, all men are not created equal. Yet they also teach that it is all but impossible for any actual living man to attain genuine wisdom. Even if wisdom is a legitimate title to rule, if perfect wisdom is unattainable by any living man, then no man is by right the ruler of any other except by their consent. And I think that is a specific... Um, person they're referencing they're not talking about ancient philosophers genuinely and i guess i can thank you for making me read ancient greek literature for being able to spot this this is plato's republic explicitly it is yeah and that's one of the when i, I when i was reading this i i'm not gonna lie i kind of glanced over this i'm like wow this is way too well written to be to be included in this and literally that was what i was thinking i didn't it didn't hit me until afterwards that this is this is more justification yeah, um, specifically what they're not mentioning here, which as I think the big thing, is Plato's concept of the noble lie being the foundation for a state, um, which I think we can take the 1776 commission to be the creation of a noble lie. You obfuscate and hide or, or tangentially deal with in a, in a way that's kind of dishonest um, the problems of the state and you create this massive mythologizing of the past. And this mythologizing of the past kind of instates the legitimacy of the state because it is the only thing you can look back to. Your present is necessarily lesser than this idealized past. Um, and because of that, you have no real vision for the future, um, except maybe a replication of the past. And so that kind of, yeah, so I think they're deliberately omitting this noble lie and that that is what this is meant to be. Uh, you know, it's the worst part 
I think you're 100% right. And the whole time my mind was going, have you heard the tale of the 7076 Commission, The Wise? That was going through my mind the whole time. And for those of you who don't understand that, basically what Kane was saying in, 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 in a very beautifully and eloquent way, I have to say, that was perfect, is that basically this is just a, a fake foundation for which people who don't know or don't care enough to learn or let's be real here there are people that are incap incapable of reading through these documents and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but this is so easy to get through but complicated at the same time that i i fully believe that there's someone that reads at a at a lower level would read this and go i get it it speaks to me and unfortunately they could be convinced to, to thinking that this is saying more than it is yeah, specifically, I took a note down at some point. Um, it reads like a pamphlet from Jehovah's Witness. Uh, just the way it's like self-edifying and uh, just the weird kind of insular logic that you find in those pamphlets, you also find here. Uh, and to kind of give this a bit more structure, I'm going to actually move on to a question I actually have which is this attempts to cover the entire history of the United States up to the end of the civil rights movement, I think it's fair to say. They don't really touch on Reagan um, or later. Um, uh, no, they, they do, they do. Um, I, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I, I wanna hear your question. It's just, they do, they do get into social justice and uh, universities and, and that down the way, but right. that um, doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I guess that's fair. That's a, that's a continuation of it. Uh, but what do you think are some notable gaps in this? Uh, gaps that kind of undermine this once you re realize about them? And if there are any gaps that uh, support this system? Zach, I want you to, uh, I, I want you to go first. Yeah, you may have left. Oh. <laughs> okay, you are still there. The onus, no, no, I, I am still here. I do assure you. The onus of starting first I mean is... I can weighs go first heavily upon me. Um, see, my, I, I, I don't want to say, you know, my issue with the question, because I think, no, to, to hell with it, Kane. My issue with the question um, is very much that you have to define what you mean by, like, strengthen or weaken the text, because I think there are sort of two ways to look at it. In terms, uh, in, in this, in terms I'm okay. I'm going to restart that sentence. Well, just you can to look at jump this. in for a second. Had we answered my first question about the goals, both implicit and explicit of this text, we'd probably have a better foundation to answer this question. But uh, we don't, don't like foundations. We like improvisations. That's why and, and, we're here. Uh, Zach, I think I know exactly what you're saying. We don't have enough fingers to plug all the holes on this ship. Essentially, because if you look at this as like by the same standards that you would as like an essay or, you know, a, a journal article or something like a, a piece written about history. It is so riddled, riddled with holes to borrow your very apt metaphor that there is like nothing you can really do to strengthen it except like burn it down and start it. Like as a piece of history, this is terrible in 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 my opinion, and I think we all to varying to varying degrees agree on that. So like if you look at it in that sense, I I really don't think there's any particularly convincing answer. But if you look at it in terms of like what this document sets out to do, then I feel like your question becomes a lot more interesting and a lot more 
pertinent, you know, like, because I, I, I'm sure there's lots of little tidbits and facts that if it, they had more time, they could have sprinkled in to, you know, give it more of a better. veneer. Yeah, exactly. If they had, if they had more time, if they weren't procrastinating on the last day, like, damn, we have to get the 1776 report out. Um, and I know it's ironic that I, of all people, am talking about this as if I have not done precisely the same thing yeah, countless you, times. You are not one to, you both of you are not one to criticize uh, on this one. I, yeah. I, of all the things <laughs> I will fault them on, doing this last minute is not one of them. In fact, I, I commend it. Um, but no, I, I, I think that that's sort of the frame that you have to adopt in terms of your question, Kane. So I'm going to let you go, Ryan, because I'm just going to keep meandering if y'all let me. So I think it's best to just concede power. <laughs> You're supposed okay. to answer the question. You're not supposed to ask another question. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I reframed your question and then asked it myself. That is my official answer. No, we reject your 1619ification of my question. <laughs> I am a dirty revisionist. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, I actually did my homework. Um, so <laughs> you weren't supposed to say the quiet part out loud. <laughs> Damn it! Did I did I say the thinking words? Um, <laughs> So I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fully honest. I, I said this before uh, near the beginning, uh, and I still believe it. I wanted to like this. I wanted to like the idea that there are things to like about any any country any country's history. I wanted to like this, but I can't. And this is where I'm I'm not gonna lie. I don't have anything to put in that fi fixes this. But there's something that I was as uh, as, as I always do or try to do because I have my own biases. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hide from that. I always try and see my opponent's arguments as the best version of what they are. I don't just take them at face value, but in this case, it was fucking hard to do that. Um, and one it was of the an ugly face. Oh god, there's no amount of makeup we could put on this pig, guys. It just was not. It was not looking like Jennifer Aniston. So, my two biggest issues with this, that like the two biggest holes I found, was I'm, I'm actually going to read my quote verbatim if if you guys are okay with that. Yeah, I don't care. I'm reading it anyway. Um, <laughs> It was uh, the heavy-handed use of patriotism in some weird hope that a blind belief of in the amazingness of the U.S. is what made uh, past generations great. Relying on this, relying on this one-trick pony in a way, left for quite a few gaps in arguments and made it weak overall. And I, I, I understand for our listeners who haven't read it, that might be really difficult to understand. I, I do encourage you to read this, but go into it with a really critical eye because I see how people who don't have a background in either political science or even just reading at a higher level, or I shouldn't say that, you know, re reading complicated text can get confused easily and might even end up believing some of this shit. Um, but my other biggest one, and I think you guys are going to hop on the train on this one, materialism. And I'm not, I, I am not talking about materialism as defined by Marx. I, I, I am talking about the thing that makes the U S honestly the one of the most powerful countries in the world and no the most powerful country in the world and keeps it the most powerful country in the world that free market baby what the hell yeah what the hell why was this not included and they even went so far as i'm going to touch on another one of my points they even went so freaking far to, to to say that the u.s in world war ii their armies marched all over the world and you know in the name of freedom and they were a bulwark for 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 democracy and white bread uh, arsenal of democracy thank you the term they used you know what i actually tired metaphors i really like that one though and i'm probably gonna use it um 
but where was this? Where was this? Where was the the idea that it's not? It, 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 yes, it is the the Constitution and the Do Declaration of Independence are the framework. Fine, they're the seeds that let you know grow a mighty oak. I'm fine. You want whatever. Ter terrible, terrible fucking uh, uh, analogies aside. What about saying that those seeds allow the branches to grow into the consumer market that allow your society to have the improvements it's had? It's not just those two pieces of paper. It's the society around them. Yeah. Uh, kind of jumping off that, uh, one of the gaps I noticed, well, actually, the, the first most upsetting gap that I noticed was a complete absence of Indigenous people in this text that was not mentioned. They were not mentioned once, not a none. Um, in fact, there are two instances where they get close to it. They kind of like poke it for a little bit and then they keep going in the other direction. It's incredibly, it's even more insulting than just like, I don't know, forgetting. Um, but that is that doesn't really relate to your point. What relates more to your point, another notable gap is the era following um, reconstruction and immediately before World War One. They kind of loosely touch on it as the progressive era but they talk about it as the first wave of communism that attacked uh, the United States um, and as responsible for the bureaucracy, which is the threat that is facing the United States according to this text. It's, it's the bureaucracy, this, this, um, I believe they use deep state. They may use shadow state, but they use something use, along those lines. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so enjoy this text written by the bureaucracy. Yeah, this time period was um, not great. Uh, the second industrial revolution saw, had, you know, those pictures of, of children in coal mines smoking and looking all distorted. Um, no, those pictures were not just th those pictures were not just taken for your heavy metal album covers. They really happened. Uh, there was a. You know, sharecropping, which was terrible. There was a sweatshop. Um, this was the era where like a sweatshop caught on fire and to make sure the employees didn't leave early, the, the boss had uh, left the sweatshop and locked all the doors so that women were trapped in the upper floors because it was mostly women that worked in sweatshops and they would be jumping from the upper floor and dying. And there would be absolutely no consequences for this type of thing. Uh, this is the nightmares of coal mining. Um, this is a, a genuinely terrible era, but if you wanted to advance the thesis that America is a constantly improving state, um, so th I think this would be an era that undermines it, but you could also flip it into an era that supports the text by, uh, you know, if you believe in this constantly improving union hypothesis, industrialization becomes another hurdle that needs to be overcome. Uh, as, and so you have the robber barons, you have poor workers' rights, et cetera. But then across this era, we get better at looking at worker safety, at improving quality of life. And it ends with your point of the strongest, most uh, uh, powerful manufacturing country on the planet, making everything from spam to jeans. Um, yeah, it, it, tanks. And, I guess that would be the third thing. Yeah, always um, comes back to tanks. It has I, to. 
I think it's really interesting that you mentioned it that way because in the introduction, actually, there is a there's a small passage which, uh, of course, in 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 the name of American exceptionalism, lists like you know the many hurdles that America has overcome, quote unquote, despite its troubled past. You know the many mistakes that were made along the way, and one of them that is listed poorly because the sentence construction makes no sense is industrialization. So it's like they mentioned that at the very beginning. You know, it's like. <laughs> they could very well have inserted your point. And I'm not sure if this is a time thing or if they thought that that was too much of a reach or too unknown to the American public compared to like the other topics which are discussed in this document. You know, I'm not sure what the reasoning for that exclusion was. That would make it sound more big brained though. Part of the, <laughs> who is this meant for? If it's meant for people you agree with, then you cover the well-trod eras, the revolutionary war, slavery, civil rights, and then what they're not expecting is this era that you don't really know too well, and they boom, they make it work too. So if you're if you're coming at this wanting to agree and wanting to learn more, you're like, oh my god, they did it again. This is fantastic. Um, so it was yeah, greatly unnerving, and it seems that they have no appreciation for Chekhov's gun because they list it and then it doesn't fire. They just forget about it. Man. The, the amount of times I was reading this, being like, okay, you've got the dominoes lined up. You just, you just got it. You just got to do it. Like I, I, I'm waiting for the, 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 the M night Shyamalan twist with the, you know, the, the, the law and order SVU. Dun, dun. Like I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for this to like flip me on my head. Give me everything I wanted. Give me the ice cream and pie I was promised. And what do I get? I get shit on. I, I think in that sense, the document was a little bit disappointing because like, as, as we've been covering, basically every talking point that is brought up in this has been done and done and done to death. You know, you'd expect them in the heydays of the Trump administration, knowing they're on their way out, to produce something with a little bit more spice, you know? And instead we just get the same shit we always get. The most hackneyed uh, piece of propaganda, because there really is no other word for it at this point. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I, I, Kane, I, I don't want to take the spotlight from you, but I gotta, I, I want, there is one thing I want to ask, because I want to know, um, the, the, the you wrote the discussion questions, I'll, I'll be frank about that, but what the, 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 the question you had about the problematic stuff, I really want to talk about that, like what we found personally problematic, the, the, the ham-fisted bits, the propaganda and everything else like that. I really, really want to discuss it because I want to know what you guys think. Oh, yes. I was, I am ready for this. Um, and full disclaimer, much of what I'm going to discuss, I have, I, I was never uh, particularly, I never particularly focused on American history in my studies. So I will full disclaimer that. So much of what I'm discussing is what uh, is taken from Kevin Cruz, who is a very well-known historian. Um, his era is like the civil rights era very very good stuff always gets in twitter fights with dinesh d'souza it's fantastic Literally. oh man that, that must be beautiful oh the threads the threads it makes are glorious um but this entire document just sort of pre presents martin luther king jr as like america's black friend singular black friend like that is that is the framing that is used they use the i have a dream quote i think like three or four separate times throughout the document and it's it's as if it's the only thing they know about Martin Martin Luther King Jr. Like that and the nonviolence, and they completely flatten him as a historical person. Um, and my personal favorite bit is, you know, they start railing against uh, affirmative action programs and or you know the idea of compensation for the injustices that have been done to Afri the African American community, um, in particular. And they're just like, this goes against the dream of Martin Luther King Jr. Even though 
in his writings, in his speeches, you know, in his late in his later work, he is literally for affirmative action. Yep. He argues for it time and time again, how it's a necessity given the exceptional circumstances. And it just it causes my blood to boil a little bit. Actually taking a step back to my previous question, but kind of in the same vein. One of the most egregious things they do with both Martin Luther King, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am, and Abraham Lincoln is they fully neglect to mention that they got God. That they, <laughs> they didn't solve racism and then retire. They were assassinated. By surprisingly similar people. <laughs> Both of them by the U.S. government. We're <laughs> unveiling our conspiracy theories live, boys. Yeah, the CIA, oh, the FBI oh, killed Abraham Lincoln. We're going to get caught theory. by alphabet, boys. I can feel it. <laughs> it's okay. We can, we, we, can, we can cut everything. This whole podcast will be, will be redacted. Now, now, Zach, if I can like, make a comment about that, I think there is a really, really good discussion to be had. I'm obviously not here. I mean, like in, in, in the grand scheme of things, about the qualities and the actual benefits of affirmative action and you know all, all, all that good stuff. There, there's a conversation to be had there, whether it's positive or negative. There's points on both sides. And this does not engage with them at all. It doesn't. It, you're right. All it basically says is, eh. It just says that affirmative action and identity politics are slavery again. That oh, is their yes. argument. I mean, it's John C. Calhoun back from the dead. Which is just, of all the takes, that... That was a spit take of a, that, the first time I read that, I was like, wow. Honestly, to what you were saying earlier, Zach, I think that's, that's the spice. That's a little bit of a spice right there. We were just like, I think my quote was, oh my God, did Dinesh D'Souza write this? Um, yeah, it was, it was incredible. I need to remember how to spell Dinesh so I can, there it is. Um, like modern-day proponents of identity politics, Calhoun believed that achieving unity through rational deliberation and political compromise was impossible. Majority groups would only use the political process to oppress minority groups. In Calhoun's America, respect for each group demanded that each hold a veto over the actions of the wider community. But Calhoun also argued that some groups must outrank others in the majoritarian decision-making process. In Calhoun's America, one minority group, Southern slaveholders, could veto any attempt by the majority group, Northern states, to restrict or abolish the enslavement of another group. In the context of American history, the original form of identity politics was used to defend slavery. And of course, those final four words are an indent, so you know they're serious. Yeah, yeah they're, the worst, they're all italicized, yeah. The worst part is, is that I've marinated enough in this shit to understand what they're getting at. And I can, I can, I can, what's the word I'm looking for? I can see through the bullshit. They are butchering an argument so bad, it fucking kills me. And the argument that they're butchering is that identity politics reduces everyone that's part of a certain group to a faceless mass. How fucking hard is it to say that? How friggin' hard is it to just go, identity politics are bad because it, it reduces a diverse group of people into one? How, how hard is it to say that? I mean... They had to make it a Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, mm. They had to give Dinesh D'Souza ideas for his next motion picture. <laughs> uh, so, so on a, on a one to Ben Shapiro, we're rating this a Dinesh D'Souza. 
I'm amazed that the Dinesh D'Souza isn't the isn't the ten in this case. Honestly, I think he's. We are we are discussing such bottom of the barrel historians that there is there is no more ranking. It is just it is all terrible. They have achieved a communism of terribleness. They did it. <laughs> okay, but Kane, I'm I'm interested in hearing your problematic. What you found problematic as well. Um, it's just kind of what you brought up earlier about the straight line. I'm gonna go into that topic because um, it also connects with uh, why I think they left out the second industrial revolution. Um, this, this, their theory of history is that is, is a, since 1776, it is a straight line going right up. History is only getting better. We made our mistakes, um, but, through no, they, they say that people are involved in making history better, but I don't think they really believe it. I think kind of like to quote Martin Luther King, they think the, the, mor uh, the moral bent of the universe is towards justice. I believe that's the quote. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not good with King quotes. Um, Neither are they, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I think they literally believe that just the universe is rotating towards justice. Um, that nothing can be done. Well, that's not what they think, but that's the noble lie they're propagating. And that not only is that the tendency, that is the universal rule. It is just going in that direction. It was bad before, it's better now, and there's nothing in between. And so the reason they left out the monumental failures of the era of the Second, second Industrial Revolution, the failures of the outcome of Reconstruction, um, the 80s is because they are time periods in which America kind of got worse uh, and you can't talk about it. Uh, it can't be justified. And I find that uh, hesitancy to deal with the thing that challenges their, uh, their, their progressivist view um, pretty problematic. And just their whole conversation of slavery sucks so badly it's unbearable um kind of going back because i keep harping on this because they keep harping on it um it's almost like uh race is a theme of the united states stretching back to its very foundation oops that's the 1619 project we're not supposed to talk about that um you've just basically made horseshoe theory for this uh, no kane uh, you were supposed to be the chosen one <laughs> They discuss the bad parts of history as like tumors and outgrowths on the body of America. They can be excised, they can be removed, they can be segmented off and we can acknowledge them that they're there, but what they fail to recognize is that there's no good without the bad. Like these are deeply enmeshed processes Thomas Jefferson wouldn't have had the free time to write uh, the Declaration of Independence if he didn't have slaves. Um, America probably would have been in deep financial, pro uh, like deep financial straits from the beginning of its foundation if it wasn't for plantation slavery. These are not isolated segments. These are not things that you can consider separately and then still embrace the positives you have to take them together. And the fact that they try and suggest otherwise um, 
makes for very poor argumentation and just a generally poor view of well, their claims towards accuracy is, is completely belied by the, that interpretation. If I may, and I apologize to both of you and to whoever is still listening at this point for still having to hear my voice, um, there is one other detail which I think bears mentioning in terms of like pet peeves or something, which is just like very, very fundamentally wrong, I feel, with the line of argumentation um, that this report takes. Um, so like one of the underlying premises, one of the underlying assumptions of it is that the right you know, and and I hate this phrase because it is overused and means nothing, but you know, like the right side of history is the side which is supported by the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and all these other, you know, documents and whatnot. But it just completely ignores how all these documents and all these ideas literally have been used oppositionally throughout like the periods that they're covering. So, you know, like obviously um, during the American Civil War, the South very much viewed itself in through the lens of a second revolutionary war, how, you know, they were they were winning their independence much in the same way that the first, uh, much in the same way that had been done in 1776 with the Declaration of Independence, you know, they viewed it very much in that light. And that's much of the argumentation and much of the rhetoric that you see around it. And, you know, same sort of thing in the civil rights movement. Um, Strom Thurmond, when he was filibustering the 1957 Civil Rights Act, you know, and he filibustered for like 24 hours or something stupidly long like that, he at one point, he made a point to to like recite the Declaration of Independence. Like, that seems like something somebody would write in a script to make the point abundantly clear, like to be, to be ironic, to be, and it literally happened. And yet, you know, all of this is just completely ignored. It's like there is a singular interpretation, which has always been the interpretation. Sometimes it's been a little hidden, but it is the only valid one. And we're not going to talk about any other possibilities. Yeah, and only the good guys have uh, have used it. And it's we've only been going up. Only the good guys can actually read the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. It can sense your morality when you when you go up to it to view it. Yeah. Um, now, I'm pretty sure we have at least another two hours worth of discussion in us, but we're already going on a little long. So I think we should conclude. Um, and I think the best way to do that would be to give this report a grading. Fortunately, I have a grading that I used, that Zach and I used when we were uh, correcting high school level essays. And I you think can put it up on screen, eh? It's probably the perfect rubric to use for uh, uh, this. Sorry. I'm I mean, we're probably going to have illiterate. Ah, it's all, I can do it if you want, but we're probably going to have to cut this video in half anyway. But uh, this is always something I, I would love to come back and discuss because I still have a shitload more to say. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't even think we properly covered um, half the questions. Uh, Hold the view to assume that we can will ourselves to come back to this dumpster fire. Oh, I you know what? <laughs> I didn't even get I, I didn't even get to the part that I wanted to talk about the most. Oh Lord, help us. Um, could you potentially send the full document instead of just the, the screenshot for the? Here, while he's doing that, would right. anyone mind if I uh, talk about the parts I found problematic? All right, yeah, go oh, for it. Did we skip you? I'm so sorry. It's all you good. Can, you can absolutely filibuster. Boy. <laughs> so the people, again, that know me know my political leanings, and I'm not insane, as my two friends will tell you. I hope they would tell you. 
I don't like it when anything is censored. Now, that that being said, there are some things that don't deserve to be heard, and people have the right to walk away from you. That does not mean you do not have the right to say it. This document has the fucking audacity, the balls, to come out and say that amending the Constitution to restrict political speech is a good thing. I want to find the person who said that, and I want to scream in their face for about 30 minutes. Just, 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 just unhinged ranting. They have the, my God, the, 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 the balls the size of Wyoming that are full of about, uh, uh, full of the population density of Wyoming to claim that restricting communist speech is a good thing. I have no, I, I have no love for that political theory. None. It is never right to censor any type of political speech based on the theory, based on the logic of I don't like it. You can you can go in and you can change the constitution to say that you know what we need to have guaranteed voting rights. We need to have this. We need we we need to have whatever. That's that's fine. But the idea that you can go in there and you can specifically say that hmm, you know what I don't like what I, I I don't like what this Trotsky guy has to say. So fuck him. He's not going to jail for it. That's wrong. That is 100% wrong in my opinion. It will always be wrong. And trying to justify it in this fucking dung heap of a, of, of a paper is disgusting to me. It is reprehensible. I do not like it. It pisses me off to no end. I could go on and on and on and on and on. But there is no way... And I'm, I'm not going to act like, again, I, I have I have no love for communism, but I'm not going to act like the whole theory is just terrible. There are things about it that are good. There are things about it that I think Marx really should have had a second edition on. But, and, and, and maybe a 17th edition where he could have, you know, been at the age of 140 and realized that maybe some of this doesn't work, but whatever, it, 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 it be what it be. That's a conversation for another day. It's just the idea that being able to restrict political discourse makes for a better society. It doesn't. It just doesn't. It doesn't work. It it, it, it it works the opposite way because now you have people that feel disenfranchised that instead of wanting to work within the 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 what well now the what would be called the legal frameworks, they now have to work outside of them. And that's how you get radicals. That's not good. And the idea that they can't have a safe place to discuss their ideas is even worse. You get it everywhere. You get it on all sides of the spectrum. You want to talk about internet radicalization, which doesn't happen as often as people would like you to believe. That's how you get that shit. You restrict where and when they can say this so they get put into echo chambers. Yeah. Um, kind of going off that, uh, not quite so vehemently, but I was rather shocked. Uh, I think it was in the first or second page where they talk about the successful revolutions that America has led, and one of them they list is uh, anti-communism, which implies McCarthyism was like uh, a triumph of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, I was thinking that too. When, when specifically when you were talking before about like the 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 like they you said that you were saying they skipped basically the forties to. Um, to, to now and i was thinking i'm like you know what they never mentioned mccarthyism not that they need to mention it by name but you know a, a little bit of tidbit like yeah we ruined a lot of people's lives for no reason would have yeah. been like a little bit good to know but they would never they would never admit that this paper would never admit that well it might suggest they're going hysteric with their own uh protests now against um 
similar forces. Like, yeah, we had a red scare once. <laughs> Never do it again. We had a red scare twice, dude. Uh, yeah, twice. Oh, yeah, dude. twice. <laughs> Third time's the charm. They must be getting it right this time. It's bad when Zach and I are correcting you. Man, you must be tired. The yeah. caffeine is finally wearing off. And so is uh, the adrenaline. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I cannot share the screen. Apparently, you've disabled screen sharing. Oh, well, let, me, uh, let, let, let me fix that. Uh, is this sufficiently zoomed in? Can I zoom in this more? Can I this zoom more? Zoom more? There we go. There, that should do the that should do the trick. I'm the host now. <laughs> Assuming direct control. Uh, Look at Kane. Okay. He's the captain now. Let's make sure I don't have any weird tabs open. And <laughs> can you guys see that? Uh, yes, yes, oh, we can. Oh yes. That's beautiful. Uh, so uh, for people that might be listening on Spotify or any of the other things we are available on, uh, you want to read these out? Uh, yeah, so we're grading an essay based on that criteria criteria we had for a previous uh, assignment Zach and I did. Uh, so the first, and there were, there were subheadings we had for this, but essentially we got a grade on nine. Uh, the most perfect answer you can do is to thoroughly answer and address the question in a clear and concise manner. Um, the question being, what was the founding of the United States in this instance? Um, the following point, and that's for four points. Then we have, has outstanding supporting arguments that demonstrate creativity and critical thinking, is able to draw insightful conclusions. Uh, that's for three points. And then they get steadily worse. Uh, and then for one point, you get uses multiple high quality sources from leading experts in the, oh my God, this is, an, I knew this was gonna be a failure, but this is really not hitting a grade eight level essay. Um, and then for one more point is writing is, writing is outstanding, well above expectations for age. Uh, Kane, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the image that we have up right now is apparently a, an earlier draft of the rubric because it does not match a single thing you just said, except for the first column. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just read the first column. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Sorry. I and then from that, it gets cross. steadily worse. Uh, as we give them points, I'll read out the, 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 the qualities we give them, but that would be a perfect uh, essay for a 14 to 17 year old. Uh, Please cut was... my idiocy, thank you. No, it's staying in. We, we do not obfuscate history here. <laughs> I would just like to let you know that deleting tweets, also deleting history. Agreed. Um, so, for the answering question, Mark, what would you guys give it? That's the, the top panel. I, I, th th this is really bothering me because they do they do give a clear answer. They, 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 they do. It's very clear what they're trying to get across. The, so th this is where it bothers me because their writing is so shit-stained that, ah. Yeah, now you know the difficulty of grading an essay. I've, I've done this we before, so. We have to do so. 90 of these. Um, I'm, 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 I'm going to say it does address the question, but I'm going to have to go with make reference to the question, but this does not provide a clear answer because that's pretty... That's my okay. opinion. I'm going with two on that one. See, I, I'm known as an easy marker. I'm going to give them three on that one. Okay. I, I was I was in between. I'm, I'm going to have to go with a two as well for this. And honestly, the, the lovely thing about this rubric, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be the Simon Cowell of this, actually. I'm going to go to like an in-between grade of, uh, <laughs> of, a, of a one. 
it's not that nothing gets said, but pretty damn close to nothing. Okay. And now for the supporting arguments uh, that demonstrate creativity and critical thinking and the insightful conclusions, where would you uh, rate this, Ryan? Oh, man. No. Uh, the, the worst part is their supporting arguments are well considered. That's the worst part. But my fucking God, I'm... Mm. There is evidence. There is evidence. You know, I'm going to have to go with two. I'm going to have to say it too. I, I want to rate it lower, but the, the, the format of this, it doesn't lend itself well to being footnoted or anything like that. So I don't think it's fair to, to judge it on that. So I'm, I'm going to have to go with the two. Actually, I'll, I'll let Zach go next. Oh, I absolutely think it's fair to critique it. Um, regardless, I mean, I, I have broken many, many dreams with my grading. Um... <laughs> Whoops, not supposed to say that aloud. Uh, I, I would go with a one for this as well, which at least this time it made it solidly into a column. It's no longer awkwardly in between, so that is an improvement. Um, but the, the limited in its scope is doing quite a bit of work because there's just so many omissions. There's so much missing contextualization. There's so much wrong with it, which I... It has arguments. It has supporting arguments, but my god, you can't say much for them other than I, that they exist. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree. I think the omissions are um, really limit the scope. Uh, the fact that they don't at all engage with anything that could possibly complicate their, their question um, does not earn them a good mark. Uh, so one... And now finally, for the sources they use. Am I going first again? Uh, I'll let Zachary go first. Um, Coward. See, on the one hand, they do use primary sources. One. Uh, but the thing is like- No, two. Yeah, two. Uh, but like, the thing is, there's no tracking of any of their sources. And I, I quite like um, the report was actually run through plagiarism software that's used in schools and it turned in a 26% so straight up a quarter of its content was just ripped verbatim or close to verbatim without like any attribution whatsoever so I feel like on so we the should basis be giving of, them an automatic failure then. oh yeah yeah totally but I, I feel like even if we discount the automatic failure I think on that basis alone I have to give it a, a zero <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna stick to my guns and say, and say zero, but not for the reasons listed in the in the column. I'm, I'm not actually using the rubric. It's just there for spiritual and moral support. I'm gonna give them the zero point five combines reputable and unreputable sources, but only because Martin Luther King, Abraham Lincoln, um, who else do they use? Calhoun. Cal yeah, they do quote Calhoun um the declaration of independence and the constitution as well as well name? as the fucking uh they, they uh they, they also quote the uh the, the articles of confederation way to fucking give fuel to the sovereign citizens yeah the federalist papers and what's his name uh great depression coolidge um 
Hamilton and, as well. Oh yeah, they get they give a little bit to the liberals and they quote Hamilton for us. Unfortunately, they quoted the actual Alexander Hamilton and not the musical. If they had quoted the musical, this would already be being taught in New York State, no doubt. That'd be so funny. I would I <laughs> I would pay money to see that. The first result when you Google Hamilton is actually just the so- like song lyrics. <laughs> so yeah, they quote but... that. Oh, I'd love that. Deliberate or otherwise, it would be very funny if they they just quoted the musical. Um, But yeah, so those are, well, maybe they don't show the best discretion in the sources they use, but I I would say those are reputable sources mixed in with very unreputable sources. So I'm going to give them the 0.5. My my, my problem here is that I want to give them the 0.5, but the fact that they put in the Articles of Confederation at all that's a problem for me. That's a big problem. Referencing that at all, you got no sympathy for me. That's a big zero. Fuck you. Two very different reasons for the zeros coming out right now. Okay. I love uh, Ryan, the teacher. You have no no sympathy for me. Fuck you, zero. <laughs> Written out in big red sharpie. That's a <laughs> note you don't want to get. Um, but yeah, so now writing style. I think this time I'll go first, just to gather things out. I'm going to give them a zero. Writing is not clear and difficult to follow. To quote Ryan, no sympathy. Fuck you. You screwed up your first sentence. <laughs> Zach? I'm, I'm, I'm deliberating a little bit in my head. I think I'm going to go with the 0.25 because it is in English, which was the requested <laughs> language of submission. But otherwise... <laughs> If there are words, they are in English. They are strung together in sentences and paragraphs. But boy, oh boy, there are a lot of bad things going on. The sentences and paragraphs are sometimes very arbitrarily chosen. Yeah. I'm I'm, going to be nicer than you guys. I'm actually going to go the full 0.5 on this one. Uh, And my reasoning is actually pretty simple. I could actually read it. Uh, I'm not saying that I I understood it at, at all given times. It did take a bit of rereading. But going back to some of my history papers that I got, like, good marks on, rereading them, I'm like, my God, my teacher was an idiot. Or, thankfully, this was the last one in the stack where they're like, okay. <laughs> so, um, the, the reason I'm going to give it that is because the style, structure, and grammar need to be fixed. But the person who wrote this isn't brain dead. They, they knew what they were doing, and it needs some improvement. So, I'm going to say 0.5. All right, so tallying the marks up, mine equal to a 4.5, which, is that a pass in the history department, 50%? Yes. Mm, that's a D minus, right? Yes, yeah, at the school we went to, yes. Okay, so that's a solid D minus for the 1776 report, uh, commission report uh, from me. What about I, you all? I gave the same grade, 4.5, because uh, 2, 2, and point no i i no yeah two two one point five yep so d minus i gave it a resounding (laughs) 2.25 i have no time for this report all right so our uh our lovely let's list some names here who's going to summer school (laughs) Um, Uh, all of them mike pompeo included yeah, Mike Pompeo is going to summer school. Uh, ben Carson as well was on there. Ben Carson, yeah. Uh, these are uh, ex officio members. Not sure what that means. Um, 
but the chairs, Larry P. Arn, who I believe like runs or ran a university, he's going to summer school. Uh, I would suggest they go to summer school, but they don't have to. They did technically pass. I mean, uh, yeah. If we average out the scores, uh, no, they didn't. Uh, so yeah. I feel like they they probably should, but also I don't want any professor to have to go through the experience of attempting to teach them. Like that seems unjust to the underfunded professor who's just working the gig to get a little bit of extra cash, you know? The right. one perk of being a prof is you're supposed to get the summers off and they don't even get that. Uh, it's either that or they really think they can like change the lives of these students. <laughs> you don't want to give them to them either because you don't want to see that hopeful glint in their eye die. I'm thinking of the movie Little Nicky, but with these guys. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Yeah, that, that, that's their punishment. They have to retake <laughs> a history course. They have to retake K through 12 history and then write a report, rewrite this report. I didn't know it we were cinema sins. It would, it would be infinitely superior if they actually did that. All right, so on that note, I think we're going to call it quits today. Uh, Ryan, can you let the fine people listening know where else they can find us? Yeah, absolutely. We are on Twitter under, believe it or not, the, the, the most complicated name ever, Enriching Your Brain. Wow, didn't see that coming. We also have a Discord server. Uh, again, EYB, not hard to find us. Um, we... Where else, Kane? I believe Discord. We're on Anchor. That's actually where our podcast is hosted. If you're listening to this, I assume you're either watching it on YouTube or Spotify. Uh, there is other places you can find us. They're all listed on the YouTube channel. Come drop us a line or don't. Tell us we're ugly. Whatever. Whatever ups the engagement. If you've enjoyed this, please leave a like. Uh, you know, leave a comment, uh, send us a message, whatever you want to say. If you want to, if you want to talk about my apparent, you know, chat energy, that's, that's fine too. I will, I will feast on that. And my tiny, tiny little amount of confidence will go just, just my, it will grow ever so bigger. And, and, and we need that. We need to feed on that. Yeah. Uh, please, by all means, leave a comment on my emotional fragility this episode. Um, we were trying something new this time. Let us know what you think of it. Although, considering the last episode was our first podcast episode that also counts as trying something new we're just trying something new all the time let us know if we should stop please uh zach is there anywhere uh you want people to find you based on this or would you rather stay anonymous uh i i'm gonna end this the way i began it by reiterating my desire to not be perceived but to be heard um and you know what the more i think about it the more i realize one what a horrible intro i don't think i could have thought of anything worse but two it's surprisingly fitting so i'll stick to my guns and thank you both for having me on and let me meander um at very very inopportune moments honestly the notes just keep getting better and better in terms of structure wise we just keep forgetting to follow them um hence the meandering maybe one day we'll be better at this well, one day when we're big boys, we'll get it right. All right, so uh, I don't know how to conclude this. So I don't know. Bye. 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 Bye.